Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight, we are going to continue with the introduction to Shar Habitachon, Chavis Halavavis, the Gate of Trust, written by Rabbeinu Bachaya. And last week, we got a little um, background to the writing of the Shar Habitachon, the Gate of Trust. Um, and we began learning the first of 10 things, 10, ga- ten um, benefits that a person has from having trust. So before we even talk about what is trust, how you could have good trust, we're going to learn 10 benefits that a person has. Before we continue in the words of the Shar Habitachayin, I wanted to show you an incredible two paragraphs from a letter that the Rebbe wrote. Um, at many times in my, my life, they've uh, made an impression on me, and I, I, I hope you could appreciate it as well. So I'm going to highlight the words. The Rebbe is writing. He says, you have been given two choices. Until you see the fulfillment of the blessing, you will go about worry-ridden, anxious that perhaps Heaven forbid the blessing will not be fulfilled. And afterwards, when the blessing is fulfilled, you will have another worry. Why do you have to waste so much of your life worrying for nothing? Alternative, so the one choice is worry if things are going to work out well. And after they work out well, worry why you were worried. That's choice A. Choice B is alternatively, you could carry on strong in trust and faith in God, confident that he will lead you on the proper path and fulfill all the blessings with which you have been blessed. Okay, so the second option is know that Hashem is going to take care of you. Afterwards, when you see that they have actually been fulfilled, you can tell yourself, see how well I conducted myself? I didn't worry about matters over which there was no need to be concerned. Okay, so here we have two options. Option one is worry. And then when things work out well, worry why you were worried. And option B is don't worry. And when they work out the way Hashem wants, tell yourself how proud you are that you didn't worry. Mark, Farstandik, you understand the two choices? Okay, I'll take it as a yes. Baruch, clear? Good, okay. Let's jump back now into the introduction um, of the Shar Habitachim. And we, we began learning that the first, qua- the first benefit of trust is tranquility. And we learned how you're tranquil by trusting in Hashem because God forbid if someone doesn't trust in Hashem, Hashem actually removes his divine providence from him. That's where we were last week. We said that if someone doesn't trust in Hashem, Hashem removes his divine providence from him and things won't turn out as, as planned. And tonight we're going to describe what happens if someone puts their trust in their wealth. They say, look, my bank account is full. I, I'm c- confident 
uh, I don't have anything to worry about. If they were, they, if they rely on their brilliance, their shrewdness, and third of all, if they rely on their um, the third item is his his uh, the, his scheme. Then we'll see that inside. Okay, so let's go back. If you're if you're joining me in the handout, it's on page number two, bottom of the page. Benefit of trust, tranquility, mayhem among the spiritual benefits is menuchas nafshei tranquility of one's soul, free from worry. As a result of his reliance on Hashem, just as a servant is bound to place his trust in his master, just like a servant has to have 100% trust on his master. In other words, nothing's going to happen without his master. He's going to receive everything from him. The same thing, we fully rely on Hashem will take care of all my needs. Mitnei, why is this going to give me a feeling of tranquility? Because let's look at the flip side. For one who does not place his trust in God, places his trust in an entity other than God. Ooh. If you don't rely on Hashem, that means you're relying on something other than Hashem. If someone places his trust in something other than God, then God removes his divine providence from him. Wow, and listen to the next part. And leaves him in the hands of the entity that he placed his trust in. So not only is Hashem removing his divine providence from you, Hashem is saying, okay, now I'm going to leave you to the hands of what you're relying on. Where do we see this idea? The whenever he's going to quote an idea, not whenever, but most often when he quotes an idea, he's going to give us numerous sources from the Torah to support this. And here he's going to give us five sources in the Torah that are going to tell us that if someone um, trusts in Hashem, then Hashem is going to have their back. But if you lack the trust of Hashem, then you're going to be put in the, tr in the hands of what you are trusting. Let's see those five sources. And he, the one who places his trust in something other than God, will be like one regarding which it is said in the verse in Yirmiyahu 2.13, For my people have committed two evils. Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah tells us, he says, the Jewish people have done two evils. That means separate items. Listen to what they are. The first thing is, they have forsaken me, Hashem said. And who, who is Hashem, the spring of living waters? In other words, the first thing the Jewish people did was they forsake Hashem, which is the foundation of life. Ah, but the second thing is, therefore, to dig for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that do not hold water. By forsaking Hashem, they've now left themselves in the hands of broken cisterns that can't even hold blessing within them. That's the first verse, the second verse. This verse is said regarding the creation of the golden idol. 
And it is said, David, King David says in Psalms, they exchanged their glory for the likeness of an ox eating grass. Literally, the Jewish people said, you know what? Let's go for this uh, golden ox. But actually, they actually let go of their divine providence at that moment. The Amar HaKasov, and now in the positive, the verse tells us, Baruch HaGev HaShar Yitzach HaShem. Blessed it is the man who trusts in Hashem. Okay. We say this in, in by the way, in the benching. We say, Baruch HaGev HaShar Yitzach HaShem. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. The Haya HaShem is and the Lord shall be his trust. If you trust in Hashem, now the Lord will be your trust. And another Pasuk in Psalms, praiseworthy is the man who made the Lord his trust and did not turn to the haughty and those who turned to falsehood. So by relying on Hashem, you're not relying on those haughty. The Amar and the fifth Pasuk, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. The son buffers the royal and makes flesh his arm. And his heart turns away from the Lord. So we have five verses that are supporting this idea that by, rely, that by relying on Hashem, that Hashem's divine providence remains on you. But by not relying on Hashem, you're actually, Hashem will let go of his div- divine providence on you. So we, we briefly spoke last week that nothing in this world exists without Hashem intentionally asking it to exist. What's the, one of the things we celebrate on a birthday is, tell, is we tell people today, Hashem said, I can't live without you. What does that mean? Everything in this world, every moment of its existence, Hashem is saying, I want Mark to exist. I want... Bruce, I want Baruch to exist. I want Basha. I want Meyer. Without Hashem saying, I w- saying that each of us should exist, we won't exist. So even if someone is going to go and not trust in Hashem, Hashem still needs to actively recreate them. Every moment of life, we're constantly being recreated. So it doesn't mean that Hashem forgets about us, because then if Hashem forgets about us, then we're not here anymore. The moment Hashem forgets about us, we're not here. You know, there's a famous quote. It says, to not have a world, Hashem just needs to do nothing. The question is, there's no question, how could Hashem destroy the world? There's no dynamite needed because every moment Hashem is recreating the world. So in other words, if something, if there's a creation in this world, that means at that moment, Hashem wants it to be there. So when we say here that if someone doesn't rely on Hashem, that Hashem removes his divine providence from him, and it means that Hashem removes his clear, revealed divine providence from him. But external providence, the fact that Hashem is recreating him still certainly exists. Okay, so now we're going to really get to the meat of this topic, which is what happens if you rely on, now we're going to start if you rely on your wisdom, 
and your physical strength. If you're going to rely on your wisdom and your physical strength, what are we going to say? You're going to lose it. You know, it's, it's just, it was, yeah, just yesterday I was driving around and I saw this massive building. It was like a, I think it was like a pizza shop, bowling alley, that a year ago, it was unimaginable that it wasn't the most successful business. And then overnight, it's closed down. Our, today, in the time period we're living more than ever, we could, we understand this idea that your brilliance and your, your effort is not, Hashem is in full control. And yes, yes. I mean, this, this point, I think in, in, in my mind, at least is continually stressed in these days where you see these successful restaurants um, or you, or um, these different, these different businesses that naturally they should continue to remain, but Hashem has caused that they're not because it's all in Hashem's hands. Let's see that inside. If he relies on his wisdom and his scheme, his physical strength and his own effort. Ah, I'm a strong man. The moment you said, you say, I am a strong man, then his efforts will be for naught. He will become weak and lose the physical strength and his schemes and wisdoms will fall short of accomplishing his goals. As scripture says, he, referring to Hashem, traps clever people in their shrewdness. In other words, you think your shrewdness is what creates, it's giving you the success. No, it's all Hashem. And now we're going to quote two verses on this point, that it's not your own strength and it's not your own brilliance. It's all Hashem. The Ammar, as the verse says, as it says, in Kehel, it says, King Solomon tells us that I returned and I saw under the sun that the fastest guy doesn't win the race. The war is not won by the mighty and the wise people don't always have bread. So just because you're the fastest doesn't mean you'll, you'll win every race. And similarly, there's a verse we say in Benching, the Amar Kefirim Rashu Vira Evu Young lions, they could be hungry. They could suffer starvation. But those who seek Hashem will lack no good. So you could be a strong lion, but the lions could go hungry. But someone that's going to rely on Hashem and trust in Hashem, they're not going to lack any good. And any thoughts or questions, feedback, 
Maisha Mandel, any thoughts or feedback? Okay. Let's, so now what's going to happen if someone relies on his own money? He says, look, I got enough money here to take care of myself. You know, we mentioned that Hashem traps people in their own cleverness. The example given is the story of Yosef and his brothers. Yosef's brothers wanted to punish Yosef. They wanted to throw him into a pit. Some of them wanted him to die. But they wanted to cause harm. They were shrewd. They were brilliant, smart. They had a plan, an unstoppable plan. <laughs> they put him in a pit. Or they sold him to some strange people. And it's, it's a, the plan was foolproof. But Hashem had other plans. So he's going to go to Egypt and become the vicery. So that's an example of how what we think could be negative is really part of Hashem's master plan. Okay, so what happens if someone relies on their own wealth? And if he relies on his abundance of wealth, I have billions of dollars. Or we'd be removed from him and left to someone else. So here we're going to say three things could happen to a wealthy person. The first thing is you're just going to, someone, you could lose it overnight. Overnight, there's a crash and all the safety and security you had is lost. And here we're going to give four verses to support this idea that you could have money and the next day it's all gone. Asher Yishkav. As Eoiv, it says, and Eoiv, a rich man lies down with his wealth intact. He opens his eyes and it's no longer his. By, by morning time, it's all gone. Similarly, this, another verse tells us, do not toil to become wealthy. And from your own understanding, desist. In other words, do your part, but don't work too hard. Because it's all in Hashem's hands. And another verse tells us before you can say your eyes on it, it is gone. You had it and it's gone. The Amar and the, and the final verse. Likewise, it says in Yermiyahu, at a young age, one's wealth will leave him. So this, so, so relying on your wealth is not going to be of much benefit to you because you could wake up tomorrow and it's all gone. Or even if you have it, another thing that could happen is alternatively, even if the riches themselves are not removed from him, his ability to enjoy the wealth will be held back from him by Hashem. As the wise men, the wisest of all men said, the Almighty gives him no power to eat of it. So you have a lot of money but you're not able to use it in ways that are making the in, in successful ways. What does that mean? What does that mean? So I, I heard a story of someone who told his rabbi, he said, rabbi, you know, I used to keep Shabbos, but I must start working on Shabbos. I, 
I'm not going to be able to. Um, I'm not going to be able to live without. And a week later, he started working and he comes to the rabbi. He says, I'm so excited to tell you that I started working on Shabbos and it was divine providence because I made $500 on Shabbos and the same week my car broke down and I needed to fix it for $500. The rabbi says, one second, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's your car wouldn't have broken down if you had kept Shabbos. In other words, we could start making equations, but the money is all up to Hashem. How you could have money, but if some you're gonna to have to use it on doctors' bills, lawyers, that's up to Hashem. And that's the second scenario we're saying. The first scenario was you lose your money over you lose your money. The second scenario is even if you have it, you're not gonna be able to use it for things you want to use it. So why do you have the money? You know why you have it. It will be by him as a deposit to guard the money from harm until the time that it will be returned to the one who is deserving of it. Yes. So this rich man in, in Manhattan, you know why he's so rich? He's, he's holding on to money until Basha, Baruch, Mark, until you guys are ready to, accept, to get the big riches. Like the verse says, and to the sinner, Hashem gave him an urge to gather, gather and amass wealth. To give to the one who is good in front of the Almighty. In other words, this person is very, very rich, but that's actually in order for later on that money to be transferred to the people who Hashem wants. The Amar and another verse tells us, he, the wicked man, will prepare, and the righteous man will use it, and the innocent will divide the money among themselves. So don't rely on your wealth, as don't trust and rely on your wealth because you could lose it. Or even if you have it, you may not be able to use it for good reasons, and the reason you have it perhaps is just in order to allow in a, the coming days someone who, who deserves it to get it. That's the second reason not to rely on money. A third reason to re not rely on money is the extra shayihi ha-mamayin sibasra afet. The ogda nafshot. It's also tragically possible that his money will be the cause of his misfortune. In other words, you get so caught up in your money that you, you worry sick about it. You're not able to live a healthy life. Every... You, you don't trust anybody. Nobody's, everybody is out to get you. You're not a calm person. Like the Pasuk says, like the verse says, There's a sickening evil I have seen under the sun. Wow, it's very strong. A sickening evil. Riches hoarded by their owner to his own misfortune. In other words, sometimes the money is actually to our detriment. What do they say? They say people that win the lottery, a lot of them don't come out, don't come out ab above. If you're familiar, we have in Oregon the the wooden plane of anyone. What we have the wooden plane of call it out. Howard Hughes. Howard. Howard. Correct. And he passed away 
a sad man. He was one of the richest, but he, because he wasn't able to appreciate his money. <clears throat> so even if you're very rich and you don't have to pay doctor bills, but something that also happens to rich people is that they just, they can't enjoy life. They, they become scared people. So we can't rely on money. What could we rely on? So relying on Hashem is a feeling of tranquility, knowing that Hashem has my back. Relying on my brilliance, my brilliance does not have my back. My physical strength does not have my back, and my money does not have my back. But Hashem has my back. That is the first benefit of trusting in Hashem. The second benefit, I believe you'll all really connect with the second benefit as well. The second benefit of, of trust is, as it says here, independence from other people. You know, we're, we're very worried about, uh, okay, I'll talk about myself. Maybe you're not, but I, I, I'm constantly worried about other people. What are they thinking? I don't want to hurt their feelings. If I hurt their feelings, maybe I'll be out of a job. If I, if I hurt their feelings, then we're always, we're concerned about other people. But if we rely on Hashem and we're doing what Hashem wants, then we're able to speak the truth without worry. We're, we're able to say what needs to be said. Let's see that inside. Mayhem, a second benefit of trust in Hashem. A second benefit, spiritual benefit. Trust in God will bring a man, not to serve any other entity. I'm not going to serve my boss. I'm not going to serve the CEO of another company that I'm hoping, hoping to get transferred to. I'm not going to place hope in a man or expect anything from people. Say, oh, I need to own, a, I need to, a, you know, a befriend this person. Not in a real way, but just because he's going to help me get the job that I want. I don't need to serve them so I, I could find favor in their eyes. I'm not going to be subservient to them to win their favor or flatter them. Schneer, what about this? Yes, please, Maishim Mendel. How do, you, how do you reconcile that with most working relationships where you have to report to a, a boss and you have develop certain expectations and reliances on that relationship. So Moshe Mendel's asking an incredible question. How do you, here we're saying not to worry about anybody, but if you come and you uh, tell your boss the way it is, you, you really will be out of a job. Or your client, you know. <laughs> or if you tell your clients, look, I think, I think you're doing a poor job, you really will be out of a job. Um, anyone want to comment about that? <clears throat> okay, so Maisha Mendel. Yes. Here I'm going to share a point that's going to come across very often, which is Hashem expects us to do our natural part and to, to give it everything we got but not more than that. Let me clarify that statement. 
your boss or in general, anybody, we need to treat them with respect and dignity. What we're saying here, it's not saying that you shouldn't treat people with respect and dignity. What it is saying is you shouldn't, it's saying you should feel comfortable to always be honest. And if there's things that are inappropriate going on, you shouldn't be scared to call it out. Hmm. Um, Let's let's review what the, what the, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar said, he said, don't put your hope in other people. That's A. And, but in the details, he's being clear. Um, don't try and flatter them. In other words, flatter means it's not the truth, right? Flatter is saying you're, you're doing more than the truth. Don't agree with, don't just say, oh, whatever they say is correct, correct. He won't need a consent to being involved with them and spending time with them on matters that are not related to the service of God. In other words, serving God, part of it is actually doing business. So if you need to do things with your boss, business related, of course you should do that. But if somehow things start heading into a direction which is inappropriate, don't feel that you need to go along that route in order to retain your job. You you know what? You may lose your job, by the way. But trust in Hashem that you're going to find what you need. Does that make sense, Moshe Mendel? Yes, yes, it does. And similarly, I, it says, Go ahead, Moshe Mendel, I want to hear. I just saying, I just said, I have, I have lost a job or two that way as a result. But. Wow, that's incredible. You, tr- you are a man of trust in Hashem. That, that takes, you know what? This is a big, big task. And I'm, I'm, I uh, have a lot of respect that you're, you've been able to do that in actuality. To learn about it is easy. But that you've been able to implement it is well, really impressive. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean I quit. It meant that I was I was terminated in one at least in one case. Uh, Understood. Um, Understood. Ethical questions about what how the business was being run. <clears throat> so you were willing to voice to share your voice? Yes. Well, yeah, and i I thought I thought the owner of the company would 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 be interested in that. And it turns out he was part of the problem, but that was a long time ago, so. So trusting in Hashem means you're willing to take those chances. And you're not gonna be afraid of their wicked behavior exactly to what you said, i.e. the repercussions of not flattering them. And you're not gonna be fearful of their arguments. What will you do? You're not going to be afraid of them. You're going to you're not going to be scared of their wicked behavior. You're not going to flatter them. Rather, he's going to divest himself from their favors. And the bother of being gracious to them. Not that you shouldn't be gracious, but sometimes it's such a stress. In, is what I said. Did I say the right thing? Maybe I said the wrong thing. Maybe I turned my head this way and they're going to fire me. The, the stress of always being kind, that's you're not going to have. As well as from the obligation to pay them back for any good they do to him. It's going to be a healthy relationship. 
you're not going to have that stress on your mind. You're going to be able to come to work, focus on the task at hand, and be an honest person. Not only that, like Moshe Mendel said, there's going to be times you're going to even need to rebuke them. If, according to the Torah, I want to be clear, the Torah has a lot of laws about this. So we're not, again, we're not saying to be rude, God forbid. But there are times you should reprove somebody. If you need to rep- reprove them, according to Torah, you're not going to be careful with their honor. Meaning, not again, not that you're going to uh, uh, try and, and hurt their feelings. But you're going to be able to say what's needed to be said without worry about who they are. And if he needs to shame them while rebuking them, he will not be embarrassed by them and he will not praise, praise their false ways. So if, if according to Torah, they need to be called out, he's going to call them out. And he's not going to be concerned about the outcomes that that would have. Let's go ahead now and see the verses that the that Rabbeinu Bachaya quotes to support this idea that I'm that by trusting in Hashem I'm not concerned um, about what the other person will say as long as I'm doing the correct thing, of course. As a prophet Yeshaya says, But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I was not embarrassed. If Hashem is supporting me, I'm not embarrassed. Continues the prophet and says, Therefore, I made my face like flint, like a flint stone. And I knew that I would not be ashamed. I'm going to share the message Hashem has for me. Hashem's going to take care of me. The Amar and Ezekiel Yechesel says, Altira mehem, umidivreim altira. Don't fear them not and fear not their words. The Amar and he continues, Midivreim altira, umidivreim altechas. Don't fear not their words. Neither be, be dismayed by them. The Amar, altira mehem. Another verse says, fear them not. The Amar, And later on in the same chapter, it says, Be not dismayed by them. The Amar, Kishamir Chazak, Mitzer, Noshati, Mitzrecha, Leisira Oisam, Bleisechas, Mitzneim, as Shamir. Stronger than Flint, I say, your forehead. Fear them not. Neither shall you be intimidated by them. So if we are trusting in Hashem, so then I have nothing to be worried about. Because remember, like we said in the previous section, Hashem, if we trust in Hashem, we have Hashem's divine providence. So what am I going to be afraid of? They're going to fire me. Okay, so fire me. Hashem's going to have my back. Hashem's going to get me, get me the money I need. Like we saw that the letter that we began tonight's class with. You could worry about what's going to happen, even though it's going to be good. And then when it turns out to be good, you could worry why you will worry. Or we could not worry. And then when it turns out good, we tell ourselves how proud we are we didn't worry. 
So we've spoken about two benefits that we have by trusting in Hashem. Any questions? Mark, you're with me? Okay, good. Anyone here ever heard of an alchemist? You're familiar with an alchemist? Like a magician with medicine. A magician with metal. Meaning they could take metals and turn them into gold. They could take cheap metals and make them look like expensive metals. I never learned, knew about alchemy until uh, I was learning this safer. And uh, we're going to talk about an alchemist. And, and the reason we're going to talk about an alchemist is because we're talking about peace of mind. So to talk about peace of mind, we need to imagine what type of person in this world, aside from someone who trusts in Hashem, has the greatest peace of mind. So if you're writing a book, what, what job is going to give you the greatest peace of mind possible? I'll call it out. Well, perhaps if you had a, if you had a printing press in your house that printed money. I don't know, that sounds like quite a stable job. So if you in your house have a, a one of these printers to print money, it, uh, you're stable, right? Because uh, if you need to go to the store, you just press print on a $20 bill. You don't want to print hundreds because it's going to get a little suspicious, but uh, you know, it's uh, quite a stable job. So the the Rabbeinu Bachaya, when he's going to try and talk to us about the... Um, the ability we have to focus and not worry, he's going to tell us trusting in Hashem allows you to have less, allows you to be more at peace than the greatest person at peace, which is the alchemist. In other words, that person who at any point in his life could have any amount of money he needs by quickly doing some manipulation to metal. Trusting in Hashem has 10 benefits over him. And yeah, let's see that inside. Umayhem, among the spiritual benefits of having bitachon in Hashem is the third benefit is one who trusts in Hashem, his trust will bring him to turn his heart away from being occupied with worldly matters. Instead, to dedicate himself to matters of service of God. I have nothing to worry about. Hashem has my back. So I don't need to worry about where my money is going to come from to pay my bills. I don't need to worry about what my friends are thinking. I could, I could just uh, be be happy in, the, in that relationship. So, I, so I'm able to focus and, and fully be present and do what's needed. The 
In terms of his tranquility of his soul, this person who's able to put his trust on Hashem, in terms of his tranquility of his soul, peace of mind, a lack of worry regarding worldly matters, he can be compared to the alchemist. Now, who is an alchemist? So here tells us the Rabbeinu Bachayev, who ha yodeya la'afleich ha'kesef le'zohov v'hanachosh yasabadil l'chesef. Al yodei chachmo ma'isef. An alchemist is one who knows how to transform silver to fake gold and transform copper and iron to fake silver through his talents and efforts who also has little worry regarding his livelihood. Well, if you could quickly take silver and make it into gold, I mean, there's not much to worry about. You need to go to the marketplace and buy a new house. Okay, so you go and you tell your friend, you tell your son to collect some uh, copper and uh, you, you got all the money you need. So someone who trusts in Hashem, he's able to, at least at the moment we're saying, have the same lack of worry as the alchemist. Moreover, one who has bitachon is actually superior to him in 10 ways. So now we're going to go ahead and say that there's 10 ways that someone who trusts in Hashem is able to have a more tranquil life uh, and uh, a more, more greater peace of mind than the alchemist in 10 ways. And that's what we're going to uh, talk about next week. So let's put it all together where we're holding this week. We're saying that we should trust in Hashem for 10 reasons, and we've shared the first three. The first reason is because by relying on Hashem, Hashem's going to have our back. If we rely on our own money, our strength or our wisdom, that could disappear overnight. Our back is not the support. The second benefit is that we're able to be honest and frank with other people. We're not going to be worried about um, what they're going to say. We're going to always be respectful, kind, but we're going to be able to be who we need to be. And third of all is we, we're not going to be worried about our worldly affairs, how things are going, to, are going to turn out because Hashem has our back. And we're going to have less worry than the alchemist, less worry than someone who is guaranteed that they have all the money in the world they need. So if you'd like to have peace of mind, if you'd like to be able to not worry about others, if you'd like to not have to worry about worldly matters, then with Hashem's help, I hope to see you next week.